0: please join me in our responsive welcome no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey you are welcome here
1: no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey you are welcome here
2: no matter who you are, or where you are on life's journey You are welcome here and you are wanted and you are valued here Stories of faith that connect us. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut or Colorado,
0: the United States or Europe or anywhere in the world. We are doing, we started last week, a four week sermon series where Reverend Sarah and I are using a picture book and then a Bible story, and we're talking about how that um, helps us understand God better and helps us understand how to be Christians. And so today the book that we're using is called The Day You Begin. And we put it up on the projector, too, for all of the people in the back so that they can also see. There will be times when you walk into a room and no one there is quite like you. Maybe it will be your skin, your clothes, or the curl of your hair. There will be times when no one understands the way the words curl from your mouth the beautiful language of the country you left behind. My name is Rigoberto. We just moved here from Venezuela. And because they don't understand, the classroom will fill with laughter until the teacher quiets everyone. Rigoberto from Venezuela, your teacher says so soft and beautifully that your name and homeland sound like flowers blooming the first bright notes of a song there will be times when the words don't come your own voice once huge now smaller when the teacher asks what did you do this summer tell the class your story we went to France Sheila says these shells came from a beach in Maine a boy named Jonathan holds out a jar filled with tiny shells so fragile they look like they'll turn to dust in your own untraveled hands my whole family went to India to Spain, to South Carolina. Each souvenir is a small triumph of a journey, their travels going on and on. And as you stand in front of that room, you can only remember how the heat waved as it lifted off the curb and your days spent at home caring for your little sister who made you laugh out loud and hugged you hard at nap time. You can only remember the books you kept on reading long after she had fallen to sleep. And in that room, where no one else is quite like you, you'll look down at your own empty hands and wonder, what good is this when other students were flying and sailing and going somewhere? There will be times when the lunch your mother packed for you is too strange or too unfamiliar for others to love as you do. When even your own friend Naja will wrinkle her nose and say, what's in there anyway? And you'll wonder how she doesn't see the rice beneath the meat and the kimchi. You'll wonder why she doesn't remember that rice is the most popular food in the world. There will be times when the climbing bars are too high, the run is too fast and far, the game isn't one you can ever really play. I don't want him on our team. You can watch. Maybe you could have a turn later. There will be times when the world feels like a place that you're standing all the way outside of. And all that stands beside you is your own brave self, steady as steel and ready, even though you don't yet know what you're ready for. There will be times when you walk into a room and no one there is quite like you until the day you begin to share your stories. My name is Angelina, and I spent my whole summer with my little sister, you tell the class, your voice stronger than it was a minute ago reading books and telling stories and even though we were right on our block it was like we got to go everywhere your name is like my sisters Rigoberto says her name is Angelina too and all at once in the room where no one else is quite like you the world opens itself up a little wider to make space for you this is the day you begin to find the places inside your laughter and your lunches your books, your travel, and your stories, where every new friend has something a little like you and something else so fabulously not quite like you at all. Here they are. So we are going to talk and think Uh, and hear more about this book throughout the rest of our service and so for this sermon series this week and two more weeks the kids are going to stay in the sanctuary here instead of having the option to go to children's church but we have a couple extra places for you now we have this table up front here you can be right close where you can see the things as they are happening there's some etch-a-sketches on this pew up front those are super fun and there is these little cozy pillows and books here. And then we still have our spaces in the back, the pew bags and the coloring table and the cozy room in the back. So you can choose where you wanna be during the service today, okay? Thank you for coming up front and sharing that book with me.
1: There will be times when the world feels like a place that you're standing all the way outside of and all that stands beside you is your own brave self. I love that line from the book. Being an outsider can be hard I've seen it as a resident assistant when new freshmen in college can't quite find their place and feel farther away from home than they anticipated. They forget their motivations, they have difficulty finding what makes them happy and they feel alone when they see themselves as an outsider that can't find a way in. I've experienced it when I volunteered to be part of the Puerto Rico mission trip. I'm grateful for the Rastakai for sharing just the idea of the trip with me, even when I barely knew them. I had just graduated college when I jumped into a whole new community, a whole new group of people that I'd be traveling with, and even a whole new world of Puerto Rico itself. I knew the crew just through email and only met all of them the day we arrived on the island. I was diving headfirst into something completely unfamiliar. But being an outsider is hard. As an RA, I worked to build community within the residence halls with games, events, and nights where we just made pancakes and watched movies to help students feel welcome and give them the opportunity to connect with new people. The most challenging part for them was to just show up to the event. That's the hardest part about being an outsider. It's showing up, it's putting yourself out there, it's making yourself vulnerable to what the world has to offer, and then trusting that you'll be welcomed with open arms. It takes courage and faith that you can find what you're looking for. I've been an outsider in this group. You could guess any number of qualities about me, that make me who I am, but until you get to know me, you will never really know. You could see my hair, my skin, hear my last name, San Miguel, and think that I'm a Hispanic heritage. You could even, um, well, even people in Puerto Rico thought that I spoke Spanish. You could hear my first name and think I'm not from here, but from Hawaii. But this is the day I begin. This is only my third day with this congregation, my third Sunday. But because of the overwhelming positivity and community your church has to offer, I have the courage to be speaking with you today. My name is Kalea San Miguel. I was born and raised here in Longmont. I'm just half Hawaiian. I graduated nursing school in Grand Junction just in December. And I love the Puerto Rico mission trip where I had even more opportunities to get outside of my comfort zone. And I'm so thankful to be part of your community. Even though I was fortunate enough to know the Roskai that happened to know everyone, uh, I can pray that anyone else is welcomed the same way I was, with open arms and new friends that made it so easy to keep coming back. When you welcome that insider in, like me, that's the day they begin.
2: The person who wrote a letter to the people in Rome knew what it was like to be an outsider too. You may have heard of him if you're familiar with readings in scripture. Maybe you know him as Saul or Paul. His name did change at one point. He's also known as the Apostle Paul. He's the one who comes on the scene as a bully. He was someone that the followers of Jesus feared. But the more I sat with it, and the more I sat with this notion of being an outsider, I realized that Paul really wasn't an outsider. He was an opposer. And there's a really big difference. Because he was very much connected to the developing community and the teachings of Jesus. He didn't like the message. He didn't like the vision. He didn't agree with it. But he was very much connected to it and a part of it. He was trying to destroy it. So his response to the tension of contrasting ideas, and we always have a choice, was violence. And he enacted this violence through the political channels of his day. He did this with permission, this opposition. And the reason we know Paul is not because of his opposition. There were many people who opposed the teachings of Jesus and the emerging community. We know of him and we read his letters because he was changed. He was deeply changed. He went from being a bully to being a believer. He went from being one who was feared to one who followed. He went from being a tormentor to being a teacher. He was the one that was walking on the road and the risen Christ came to him and said, Why are you persecuting me? So Paul's once constricted heart was expanded. It was expanded with that encounter of the one that he was persecuting. How would the world be different if we expanded our hearts rather than constricted them? Our bodies are so connected that I can't help but think that a constricted heart leads to constricted vision and constricted hearing. It reminds me of when I first learned that lesson that I'm sure all of you have learned. But I I came to it kind of late in life. You know, when you're talking to somebody and you're engaging like this and someone comes up behind you and you're taught to open your stance so that they can be included. That's what our heart does when we open our heart. Rather than focusing in on just one person, we open it to make room for people in community. And this example, Paul's example, who lived as both an adversary and an ambassador to the teachings of love, has a perspective that's worth listening to and learning from. Listen to these words that he wrote. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourselves more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually we are members of one another. subtitle of that reading is New Life in Christ and Paul certainly knows what it means to be completely changed. Anyone who's ever felt like an outsider has a heightened sensitivity to help include others. Do not be conformed, be transformed, he says. Discern what is good and acceptable and perfect. The heart of his message is this, we are one body We are connected. We can choose to step closer and encounter the other, but the truth is we are already connected. Those of us who are extremely sensitive know this, because when you watch the news and you see horrendous things happening around the globe, you feel that connection so deeply that you have to turn away, because you don't know what to do with it. We are made of the same stardust. Sounds a lot better than dirt. We share the same breath. The message of Paul is don't let the scripts or the distractions confuse and confound you. Michael Fronte is a musician and his mantra is, there is no one in the world that you wouldn't love if you knew their story. I think sometimes that's why we don't connect. We have this fear that our heart is only so big. How can I possibly hold another person in my heart? The question of a Christian community is, how can you not? He also says, if only our eyes saw souls instead of bodies, how different our ideals of beauty would be. Think of how much has been constructed in terms of groupings of people that affects our vision and that instantly puts people in boxes. The language of the soul Or the language of the Spirit is worth harvesting. It's what stands within and connects with what stands beside. It's why I love working on work sites in silence with people, taking direction from people who know what they're doing. Sometimes standing there and not really doing anything at all, but just being there. Because occupying the same space allows our spirits to connect. It's that energy field that surrounds us and connects us, whether we choose to name it or not. There's no such thing as an outsider. We are already connected. So what remains is how we choose to acknowledge and live out the connection. The risen Christ in the story of Paul stepped closer, shared space, and then spoke Not with words of condemnation, but with a question. Why are you persecuting me? In other words, why can't you see me? Think of all the people in our country who are saying, why don't I count? Why do you keep diminishing me and dismissing me? It begs the question for communities like ours to say, how do we make room for others? How do we create a safe space and a place for what is deepest and dearest and true to shine. All I had to do was ask Kalea if she wanted to share. What a bright light she is. What a bright light each of you is. Another way of asking the question is how do we become sanctuary? Paul would say in answer to that question, I think, remember what matters. And when I think about what matters, I think about a piece of writing that I'm going to go to the back to get. It's called The Invitation. And it's written by one of the Indian elders. let see you now, where is it? Her name is Araya Mountain Dreamer. And I took her piece of writing and I changed it a little bit. So it's definitely based on and inspired by her writing. But instead of calling it The Invitation, I call it The Encounter. So I invite you to just let your eyes be soft and let your heart and your ears hear these words that for many consist of the language of our spirit. It doesn't interest me what you do for a living. I want to know if you dare to use your gifts and talents to work towards a better world for all people. It doesn't interest me who you are or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand with the oppressed, imprisoned, and exploited, and not shrink back. It doesn't interest me how old you are. I want to know if you will risk looking like a fool for love and continue loving even in the face of illness, uncertainty, and death. It doesn't interest me to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can be generous even when you fear you may not have enough. I want to know if you have touched the center of your own sorrow, if you have been humbled and opened by life's challenges or constricted and closed from fear of further pain. I want to know if you can sit with pain, another's or your own, without moving to hide it or fade it or fix it. I want to know if you can be with joy, another's or your own, I want to know if you can laugh at the irony and complexity of your own being without moving to defensiveness or self-promotion. I want to know if you can see beauty in another, even when it's not pretty or easy. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to your God, if you can bear accusations and not betray your own integrity. I want to know if you can live with failure, yours or another's, and still dare to see and say yes, to new opportunities. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and with your God and if you truly trust the company you keep in those moments. And finally, I want to know if the power of Christ has been at work within you and how this power transformed the hidden, forbidden, and feared into new life. Friends, we do this together. We do this together with a shared interest in the safety and well-being of all and our willingness to be an ambassador, to be a light for life-changing love. May it be so. And now, beloved, when you go, wherever you go, go forth in the love of God. Go forth with hope and joy, knowing that God is with you always. Before you to light your way, behind you to encourage you, above you to watch over you, beside you just like your pew neighbors to befriend you and within you to bring you peace. Go forth in that peace.